Annyeong SAO! Welcome to Afternoon Delight, where Leah, Megan, and Amy, romance novelists and your K-Romance guides. So grab some deck bokey and listen to your new favorite unnees. Hey, everybody. Hello. Hi there. Well, this is going to be a very special episode because... We are making the stars of the show neither K-dramas nor our own narcissistic selves. (laughs) (laughs) So who are going to be the stars of this week's podcast? Our listeners. Yeah, our listeners are going to be the stars this week, and we are so excited. We've got two very special listeners with us this week. We've got Emma and Catherine, and it was such a delight to talk to them both. I think it's fun to talk to somewhat, some other people about how they got started in K-dramas, what they love about K-dramas, because, you know, this is a community thing that we're doing here, and so we kind of wanted to welcome the community into our little podcasting booth, so to speak. Yeah, and I think it's that, okay, we are now pretty much three years in for doing this drama for doing this drama for doing this podcast so that's a long ass time to do something and i often forget that people like i often forget that people listen to us even though like we have a community of listeners you know we have a fun instagram page we're connecting with people listening like when i'm hanging out with both of you and talking dramas sometimes i'm like oh yeah like it's interesting that we're actually sitting around like a very large dinner table with a bunch of other people taking part in listening yeah and i'm always curious to be like who are they what got them interested in the same thing that we love and how did we all show up to be in the same space in the same fandom in community with each other and so that was kind of the premise so we we had a very low-key contest in our patreon where we let folks basically just say yes i'd like to be a part of this and uh we picked names at random and and so yeah this is the first of what i think i'd like to do you know more than once for sure because it is really interesting to see who out there listens to us they're fascinating they're Mm -hmm. really talented they're really smart and you listening yourself are probably really talented and really smart and have lots to offer the world in terms of your thoughts and perspectives and what make these stories resonate for you. Yeah. And uh, maybe you might even be a little tired of hearing some of our same stories over and over again. (laughs) Are we we those people? I don't know. Not yet. Not yet. It's only been three years. I don't think we're that bad. I think we still have new stories. Maybe. I bet we are for some. For some people, we probably are. Yeah, but so that's why we thought it'd be fun to introduce some new people, some new stories. And yeah, once again, remind everyone that this is a community. And we thank you very much, those of you who are listening, for making it one. Yes, thank you very much for three years. This is pretty amazing. And we're excited to bring you many, many more. Three more years. (laughs) (laughs) I'm serious. Three of them. You're stuck How about with me. Thirty more years. Come I was on. like, well, I was like, just three. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we hope you enjoy the interviews. Uh, let us know what you think, and if you're really itching to uh, be a part of it, let us know. Come join us in the Patreon if you're not there already. Yep. All right. Let's take it away. 
Okay, so we want to welcome Emma. Uh, I have to say, Emma is one of our favorite uh, content creators for our podcast. <laughs> she has, I mean, from top notch, top notch <laughs> content. Uh, she's uh, obviously in our Patreon, and she has provided us with uh, so many ideas. She is the originator of. Kim Finn, if you listen to that <laughs> podcast. If not, you got to go watch it. But um, we love Emma here. As soon as we see her n- name posting on Patreon, we are excited. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I just want to say, or we just want to say welcome. Uh, welcome to the podcast, Emma. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm, I'm honored. I will say you made Kim Finn what he was. I made a bad shark pun and you gave him a whole backstory and a harpoon. So <laughs> That's that's all on you guys. <laughs> that is, I mean, like, don't get us started because that that is the hardest I've ever laughed on the pod is when we talked about Kim Finn and the harpoon. Yeah, I don't oh, want to do that again. We're we're gonna we're gonna to go into it. It's gonna be a disaster. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, first, Emma, I guess, just tell us a little bit about yourself and where you're from. Sure. So, obviously, my name is Emma. I'm from the Midlands, Birmingham area of the UK. A uh, graphic designer by day, K-drama obsessed by night, a K-pop too. Um, there isn't really much more to say. That's just, yeah, I'm quite boring. <laughs> well, you're at good all. at puns. Yeah, yeah, you're not boring. <laughs> no, thank you. What a useless skill I have. <laughs> okay, yeah, I guess first, why don't we do... Uh, we're going to talk about, we're going to have some questions for you, but I think maybe let's do a couple rapid fire questions first. Would that be okay, Emma? Absolutely. So first, uh, it's going to be like this or that. Okay. So Rich Chabel or Boy Next Door? I enjoy your Rich Chabel, but I'm going Boy Next Door. That's just more my style. I I prefer the underdog. Uh, evil mother-in-law or scheming second lead? Ooh, probably a scheming second lead. I, I think it's harder to... I don't enjoy conflict so much when it's fam, when it's familial. I think that's quite sad. So Okay, Mock Jung, plot twist or straightforward stories? I thought about this one a lot because I almost went crazy plot twists, but I, I kept going back to Tale of the Nine Tailed and how I couldn't finish that at all. And I just think I like it a little... I like it when it's oh. a bit more simple. <laughs> that show is crazy, <laughs> I just prefer something that's a little bit more straightforward. I don't mind a few crazy twists, but it's just harder, so much harder to follow. The originator of Kim Finn does not like Mahjongs. <laughs> <laughs> I would watch I would watch the Sharks Bride if that was a dog. Right? We would too. Uh, so which would you prefer or which is more romantic, claw machine or piggyback ride? Oh, I do love a claw machine, but I think a piggyback ride. Yes, both of those are done very well in yeah. Hidden Love. I'm with you there. <laughs> okay. I know Leah wrote this. Would you rather be chased by zombies or hatch a moogie eggs out of your mouth? <laughs> yeah, this one felt like an attack. <laughs> um, I'm hatching a moogie eggs. I don't do cardio. I would be awful <laughs> in a zombie apocalypse. <laughs> Amazing. All right, so uh, I guess this is the first, uh, you know, uh, question is, tell us about your K-drama watching origin story. Sure. Um, It kind of goes hand in hand with my, when I found K-pop, because all in all, I wouldn't have ever watched a K-drama if I hadn't have found BTS. 
And it just all started with hearing a song on the radio, thinking it was really catchy, wanting to know what their names were, and then thus began my gradual downfall. But I also um, worked with a girl who was big into K-pop and K-dramas at the time, and she would tell me a lot about it. And it was all happening around about the same time Squid Game was huge. So it was in 2021. So I'm quite new, really. One day, I don't know what really came over me. I didn't know what I was doing. I just typed K-drama into Netflix. I didn't know what else to try. <laughs> so I just did that, scrolled through until I found something that I thought had a pretty decent sounding plot. And I ended up watching Tempted. I don't know if either of you have ever seen that. Oh my gosh, I've seen Tempted. Yeah. That was my first drama. Um, so Woodoo One was my first Korean love. And that drama is bonkers. Like, I struggled so hard to, to follow that. It was all over the place. I could barely follow Bonkers. It. So bonkers. That was my first introdu- introduction to the bonkers. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> so it's surprising, actually, that I actually carried on with K-dramas having that. I was going to say you stuck with it after that. Yeah, well, I, afterwards I watched Squid Game because I wanted to see what the hype was about. I loved that like everybody else did. Um when it came to wanting to watch more, I was definitely just really curious at this time. So, and I didn't know what to do. And I loved Wudu Wan. So I just typed his name into Netflix. Um, and I ended up watching The King Eternal Monarch. So that was my third drama. And um, I would say during that drama, it was when it became something that I knew I was going to love and enjoy for a long time, rather than just a curiosity. That drama really, really grabbed me. And it's, it sticks with me a lot. It's quite special to me, that one. So then that's how I got into it. It all started with, with hearing Dynamite on the radio. <laughs> it's amazing how it starts because it's true. There's mm. usually like this one tiny little catalyst and then all of a sudden you are like in the rabbit hole. Um, and Absolutely. so for those of you who don't know, Tempted is kind of um, a Korean take loosely based on Cruel Intentions. Um, but it goes complete. Like you think Cruel Intentions, the movie goes off the rails. Tempted goes completely off it's a crazy drama so um but udo wan udo wan is amazing so i don't i don't blame you for then just continuing to type his name uh after watching that because he's he's like equal right he's equal parts bad boy and soft soft marshmallow and tempted what i love what i love though is that emma says emma says she doesn't like the makjong but it is the king eternal monarch that really turned hooked her into K-dramas. And The King Eternal Monarch <laughs> is fantastic, but it is bonkers. <laughs> it is pretty crazy. <laughs> I don't know what it was about that one. I just love, I love that one. It's very Same. romantic. It's very epic. I mean, I totally can see how, if that's kind of one of the first K-dramas you watch, that you're like, okay, I'm hooked because it was a, mm-hmm. just a fantastical, um, unique story. So that ma- that does make sense to me. Also, mm-hmm. Eamon Ho. Right, I mean, yeah, I mean peak, peak Eamon Ho. Um, so how did you discover our podcast? Completely by accident, but I'm very, very grateful that I did. Um, it came off the back of very early on in my K-drama watching as well. I watched It's Okay to Not Be Okay. Um, it was me typing that into Spotify, trying to find the OST and finding your episode with your deep dive about it. And I'm, I've always been a huge fan of podcasts. And I was like, oh, there are people out there making podcasts about this new thing that I love. So of course I'm going to listen to this. And then it's, you're also authors, and I'm a huge fan of books. And I was like, and you're going to talk about it from a writer's lens? I was like, oh, these are my people. Absolutely. So that's where I started. Um, I would say I haven't watched, listened, sorry, to all of your episodes because I don't listen to the ones where they I haven't seen the drama and I don't like spoilers. 
but I have listened to a lot of them. Um, I became a patron, though, after watching Moon Lovers for the first time and hearing Leah's reaction. And the idea of possibly being able to come into a support group and be like, I want to just cry on Zoom for an hour about Beckian. <laughs> so that was where that, I think that was earlier on in this year, I became a patron. Way to go, Leah. Way to, way to hook people with moon lovers that Amy and I refuse to watch. <laughs> I was going to say she hooked Emma, but not us. <laughs> well, I was always going to watch moon lovers because of how much I love Beckian, but um, I, I definitely have the same feelings for moon lovers that Leah does, so I can relate to that. <laughs> well, this, this kind of ties into the next question. Uh, which host taste do you tend to align with the most? I think a little bit of all three. I think it, it can vary depending on drama. Um, I, re- I wrote a few notes and I wrote, um, I think I have the same taste in men as Megan. <laughs> because all of my favorite actors are Ji Chang-uk, An Bo-hyun, Woo Do-hwan. But then I also love Rawoon and I also love Wan. So there's definitely a bit of overlap oh. with everyone. Um, I have Leah's taste in the unhinged. Oh. <laughs> so I wrote, unhinged. I, I can't share the sentiment for the toe socks, but I can definitely share the sentiment for the fingers in the mouths. <laughs> yes. Leah also feels seen, right? Yeah, she should. <laughs> Leah, might, Leah might be wholly unique with the toe socks, but that's okay. <laughs> no, well, I mean... No, we like that character. We like that we character. Do. Yeah. I don't know sure. about the toe socks. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Anoju. 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 <laughs> So, Emma, what are your top five? This, I mean, this is a hard question. So, I, I, I mean, I think I wrote this one, but uh, it changes like every day ask. for me. It right? I would say, as we are speaking, you are not held to these in perpetuity. Uh, but <laughs> as of today, what are your top five dramas? Well, I actually take this very seriously. I have a, a spreadsheet with every drama I've ever watched, and they are all meticulously ranked, and they do change a lot. But my top five doesn't. It, it, it stays pretty solid. Um, so my number five drama is almost a tie because what I have in sixth, I almost love them equally. But in fifth place, I have Love Between Fairy and Devil, which I almost love just as much as Hidden Love, which is just below it in sixth. So they were almost a tie. Uh, that drama just, I was, that's the worst hangover I've ever had. The worst drama hangover I've ever had. I love that one so much. So Fourth and those are both C dramas, just to, to differentiate, are, right? Yeah. Those are both Hidden Love is also a C drama. Yeah, I have about three Which C dramas in my top ten. So yeah, I'm quite a fan of those recently. <laughs> um number four is Hila. Um I was deep into a Ji Chang-ok obsession at the time, and I was kind of scared to watch Hila because of I really wanted it to live up to the hype. It very much did. I haven't watched it again since. It's definitely on rewatch list. I, I love Gila so much. I rewatch scenes from that and listen to the OST all the time. The Gila song is actually my ringtone. I love that. <laughs> uh, so number three is the K2. So I have in brackets on my really? list. Really? Yes. In, I have in brackets on my list, it's my Moon Lovers. Because there is no, the, the way Leah feels about Moon Lovers, because there's no rhyme or reason. To why the K two is so is so high up on my list, I would I will recommend it to anybody. I will sing its praises, and I will be personally offended if you don't like it. It's my baby. <laughs> I rewatch it all the time. 
and it doesn't make any logical sense. There are things that are wrong with it. There are things that people will say are bad. I don't care. I won't hear it. The game two is my love child. <laughs> <laughs> I still need to watch it, and I do mean to. I really do. I just want to watch the shower scene. That that's that's great as well. Yeah, that's how I sell it to people. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so of all my top five, Ji Changok is in three of these. Um, so number two is If You Wish Upon Me. It's not really I okay. I guess traditionally known as like a, a hugely popular dr- drama, I guess, but it gave me the same feels that my top drama gave me to the point where it was almost my top drama. I had to do a rewatch to to confirm where it was going to go. Like I loved it so much. I sobbed through the whole thing and it just gave me all the feelings. I love that one. Amy and I really did like that. Yeah. I I, I, I listened to that episode. It was, it was a great episode. Um, and I loved your um, mm. second lead SOS on, I can't remember his name, but the character. Oh my from gosh. Yes. I love that. That was one of my, one of my hardest second lead crushes ever and like on a totally problematic character so like you know like no no rhyme or reason you love who you love and like yeah my second lead syndrome in that drama was big oh yeah i love that he got his hta in your stories they were great yes um and my top drama is it's okay to not be okay i watched it very early on and it is yet to be dethroned to the point where i can't watch kim soo-hyun so Ye-ji, or oh jung say and anything else because they are those characters to me. I, I love it's as close to a perfect drama as anything has ever been. That is my all time favorite. Okay, so next question. Have you ever been a super fan of something else? Like, have you ever been in any other type of fandom? Oh, absolutely. I think it's a huge part of my personality. Um, I was born in 91, so I grew up with the 90s boy band. So I've always been into the boy bands. I feel like there's been a boy band for every era of my life (laughs) um most notably i would say the jonas brothers when i was a teenager loved them so much um recently uh yeah k-dramas and k-pop as well so i would consider myself a multi-stan so i belong to a lot of fandoms most notably though exo like no other boy band that i have loved has ever compared to the way i love exo um otherwise as well also i'm a long-term swifty about 10 years, me and my bestie credit ourselves with bringing Taylor Swift to the UK. We imported her because we were fans long, long time ago. Still going strong. <laughs> are you going to get to see the Eras tour? I am. I'm going twice next year. I'm very excited. <gasps> Yay, I'm so excited for you. It is. I mean, it seriously was a religious experience. I can't. I don't, I don't know how to explain it. Like, I tried talking to Leah and Megan about it because I don't think you understand unless you've seen her perform live like it, it yeah. I, I wanted to go because I wanted to experience it with my daughter and I left a full-fledged 100% Swifty and I'm never turning back and it's a wonderful place to be um her time person of the year article what like I read it as soon as it dropped like it was mm-hmm. so good I'm yeah I love Swifty fandom is fantastic it is I can't wait um so what's a k-drama question no one has asked you but they really should this question was so hard. Like I had to think about this for a really long time. So I wrote notes. Leo wrote this, so let's blame her. <laughs> this is a really tough one. Um, I would say any kind of question would be great. No, because all in all, no one ever asks me anything about K-dramas. So this interview in its own is, is fantastic. Um, but I've watched a lot of good stuff and a lot of bad stuff. So I guess 
I would say you should ask me about some of the crazier things that I've seen because I have some really unhinged recommendations. <laughs> well, then we want to hear some unhinged. I mean, I'm, you can't say that and then not give us some unhinged recommendations. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I know we don't like to use um, the term guilty pleasure on this podcast, but this is definitely a guilty pleasure. Like I should be embarrassed, but I'm not. um have you guys i've I've always wanted to ask you this question have you guys heard of a web drama or a web series called seven first kisses i watched it you have yeah i'm the only one (laughs) i didn't see that i loved it it's it's an an advertisement it is it's an absolute it's an advertisement it's a big long commercial and it's got everyone in it from Eamon ho to ijungi like everyone is in it and this this girl gets to kiss them all it's it, that's prime crazy. Like I watched that because I was just watching everything <laughs> G Changuk did, and which which is, has worked well for me before, but also worked very badly. But I, I was literally, what am I watching? Is this this is just a walking advertisement with with attractive people in it? And I, I just hilarious. It is. <laughs> if you haven't seen that, I would say you should watch that. It's for a department store, correct? Yeah, I, I think it's like a duty free department store. Yeah, and and this. Yeah, I mean it's it's super short too. Like each one's like seven minutes long. Like I lo- I loved it. I, I I can't believe it. I never like told. I feel like I told you guys I watched it, but maybe I didn't. Yeah, I watched yeah. it. I wrote down the, the cast. If you want me to read this out, yeah, do yeah. There is each episode's about a different guy, and every time she gets to the end of her like date with this guy, she groundhog days and she resets. So it's Lee Jun Gi, Park Hae Jin, Ok Tae Hyun, Ji Chang Uk. Kai from EXO, Lee Jong-suk and Lee Min-ho. And I saw that cast and I was like, is this real life? So I had to watch it. <laughs> 100%. That's why I watched it. Yeah. I went down a bit of a, a web drama rabbit hole for a little while. And there's also a web drama called EXO Next Door, which I was obviously going to watch. And one of the comments on the video is, what in the Wattpad is this? Because it is like someone wrote, <laughs> it's like someone wrote EXO fan fiction and made it into a reality and then cast EXO in it. It's a, uh, it stars it's Moon Ga Young, who is a EXO super fan and has the band moving next door to her house. And she, it turns out that she, one of the members of EXO is her long lost childhood best friend, and there's a love triangle. I'm like, who wrote this? Why did they make these boys do this? And I've watched it about five times. <laughs> I honestly did not know that existed. I love XO too. That's on YouTube. It's great. I think it came out in like 2014 when oh, they were just like amazing. peaking. But yeah, it's a right. bit shameful. There is also one more thing I wanted to wreck. Um, have you heard of a Korean BL called Minion? I don't think I don't so. Think so. Um, I don't know the correct term for it, but it's a, it's like a Korean anime. So it's animated. And it's it's very, very short. It's 12 episodes, and each episode's like five minutes, so you could watch the whole thing in an hour. And it is an underground boxing ring um, where a young, sunshiny, happy-go-lucky guy fights for this illegal ring and has a crush on the doctor that works for them. And you're a bit like, why does a doctor work for an underground boxing ring? Um, and it turns out this doctor is doing it because he's fixing up the patients of the people that lose the fights, but also drinking their blood because he's a vampire. <laughs> what? <gasps> it is so spicy. It's like the spiciest 
BL I've ever seen. And it's an hour-long animated, sort of like a movie, when you watch it all in one go. And it's, Emma, you got to send this to me. Like, yeah, well. <laughs> you got to send this to me. I need to see this. <laughs> Underground <laughs> Boxing Ring? That is like my name all over it. I know. But with vampires. It's and fantastic. then Vampire. Mm-hmm. So I have come, I have come to, I have an assessment here to make on Emma's tastes because back in, way, way back in the beginning of this interview, Emma said that she does not like Mokjong. Yeah, wrong. But I think that, I think that what we've determined is you do like Mokjong if it's got a good romance Mm -hmm. or somebody really fantastic to look at, you know, like, you know, like it, like Ji Chang-ook, like, you know, talking Mm -hmm. about like the K2 or something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think you do like some Mokjong. I do. I think I'm learning something new about myself. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I do like it. I think I, I, <laughs> yeah, I, was, I prefer like for my normal everyday. We watching. have revealed the truth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For normal everyday watching, I would say something straightforward. Um, all right, let's, uh, we're going to go with this last question, which maybe is a little, uh, self-serving, but that's okay. How that's why we're here. It's why yeah. we're here. So <laughs> how has being a part of the afternoon of Patreon enriched, we hope your K-drama communal experience? Oh, it absolutely has. It's not self-serving. Um, it's strange because when you stumble across K-dramas, it's, it's, it's this huge thing and you love it and you're obsessed with it and you want to share it, but. I didn't have anyone to share it with. There wasn't anybody in my life that that was into it like I was that I could talk to about it that would really get it. Um, so listening to your podcast was one thing, and it was always great to hear people have your views and to love the things that you love anyway. But I always say I joined the I've joined the Patreon for two reasons because I'm a huge fan of this podcast and because I needed an outlet. I needed somewhere to just post my crazy my crazy thoughts and feelings, where people would would marry that and match your energy and that's exactly what you get being a patron is is, is amazing and I sometimes can go off a little, off the rails like giving people homework and making bad fish puns but it's a great place to be um if, if I'm having strong feelings about a drama I'm watching I can always post it in the chat or and someone will hop in with like a virtual literally someone gave me a virtual hug the other day while I was watching my dearest so it's just a it's a great community and I, I love being a part of it. And it's, it, it makes you feel like we're all your friends rather than your fans, even though we are, because we get the way we get to interact with you guys personally as well. It's just, it makes it all the better. You are our friends. Absolutely. <laughs> and, and I, I look forward to every month when we do afternoon uncensored, because I look forward to Emma's homework. Like that's no. my favorite thing in the world. I'll have to think so, of some good to thank you. Homework. Keep it coming. <laughs> I will do my best. <laughs> yeah, we do. We appreciate you so much. Uh and well we appreciate everyone. Uh but we do appreciate you and uh so keep them coming. So it yeah, some probably some of your favorite uncensored moments have been because of uh, Emma to uh, uh, the listeners that are listening right now. So any last any last uh any anything else you want to you want to add before uh we close out here? No, not really. Just thank you guys. This has been so much fun. And, and me being here and doing this is, is it's just proof that if you if you uh, manifest something hard enough that it will happen. Because I was literally think, trying to think, how Aww. can I get on this podcast? How can I be a guest on this podcast? So uh, I manifested and it happened. So I'm very grateful. <laughs> 
Oh. And we are so happy that you did because we are yeah. so thrilled to have you here. So thank you so much for, for being with us today. As was, I keep wanting to say this morning, but it's morning for me and not for you. But this afternoon for you. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Emma. Right. Thank yeah. you so much for having thank me. Thank you, Emma. We will talk soon. Talk soon. <laughs> Annyeong. Annyeong. <laughs> if you enjoy our podcast, you have our patrons to thank, at least in part. Afternoon of Delight Patreon allows us to keep creating content for y'all to enjoy. Thank you so much to everyone who is supporting us there. And not to brag, but our Patreon community is pretty awesome. And you can join at a tier that feels good to you. Gain access to fun perks like K-drama posts, monthly Patreon-only bonus podcasts, and even a live K-drama support group on Zoom because we know firsthand what it's like to have no one to talk to about those crazy plot twists, amazing characters, and all those feelings. And look, no one should have to walk that walk alone. So learn more by visiting afternoonadelight.com. That's www.afternoonadelight.com. And hey, while you're on the website, you can check out Afternoon Delight podcast merch, find links to book recommendations, bop along to our K-pop recs, Blow up your skin with K Merch Rex. Find all of our social media and a link to our email so you can send us recommendations or feedback. And hey, while you're at it, why don't you pop over to Spotify or Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review? It really helps with our discoverability. Gamsamnida. All right. Hey, everybody. So I am really excited to take on the second part of the Patreon conversation tonight. And I am here with a special guest, Catherine. And Catherine, this is our take two on this, is it not? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And you know what? This is great because I didn't get to really chat with you last time. And now I get to chat with just you. So this yes, is you get to have a lot of me, which is exciting. So I'm just going to set the stage and let Catherine kind of chime into what happened the last time. So we had made a plan to do this Patreon recording. Everything was fine and good and set. And I don't know what happened. I don't know if like my life is always a tornado, but it feels like more tornado-y than usual in the last like couple of months. And so we had set a time very early in the morning because you're on Pacific Coast time, just like me, right? Also, can I chime in? Um, The day before, I was so excited that I also woke up (laughs) early. Take three, and I I'm take three, so I don't wake up until like nine thirty. And this was at seven thirty. And the day before, I was so excited, so I woke up at seven thirty. Was like sitting on the platform waiting. And then realized it wasn't happening today. So the day of, so we had set it so early for poor Catherine. She was such a good sport, but we've been trying to negotiate doing these recordings. And what we're really fortunate to have is Patreon that live kind of like all over the world. So we had another person who everyone has listened to. I think if you're listening to this episode, Emma and Emma's in the UK. And so we were trying to figure out like our movements plus Patreon interviewees movements. And so we were like, okay, if we did it at like 730, that should work. It's just going to be a very early start to Catherine. Catherine was really generous and was like, okay, I can do it. it. I need to be better about this. This is not me being nice. Like I have to like get up <laughs> earlier than I do. So you well, my husband was coming back from Australia. He's Australian. And he and my youngest daughter had gone to visit grandparents. And I had woken up to a text from him saying our plane left 
Our, they told us that our plane is going to be in early because there's a very strong headwind. So check the plane time. I checked the plane time and the plane was set to come in not one, but two hours ahead of schedule. Normally planes are like the exact opposite. Like you're going to be waiting on those planes, not having to like bust your ass to get to the planes. So I didn't want to throw out the whole recording schedule. So the TLDR was like, look, it's Silicon Valley. Like I'm going to be going through Silicon Valley, going to San Francisco. Of course the internet's going to be good there. I'll find like a very good spot with very fast internet. It's Silicon, Silicon Valley. Valley, right? I'm like, this is like where computer stuff all happens. Yeah, this is like the whole, like internet should just be, this is breathe it in. It's yeah, everywhere. I just assumed we would just be like five bars anywhere we go. That was not the case at all. And so we ended up doing a recording. I was next to a train track. I'm not going to belabor the environment. Let's just say it was like exciting and it was really hard to like get a good stable connection. It did not feel like the most professional moment of my entire life to be like, I felt like I was like trying to talk to aliens, like driving around like boop, 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 boop. <laughs> anyway, we had a really, really fun conversation with Catherine even though the connection was very crappy and we ended up trying to record it on my phone, then um, it didn't save appropriately. So I had, and now yeah, I had a, uh, it did not save to the cloud. I had a corrupted file on my phone. So I had to reach out and be like, so this is not my favorite thing to do, but can we do this yet again? And she said, yes. It's totally fine. I'm always down to talk about K-dramas. So this is a gift. I You're promise. very nice. It's also not 7.30 in the morning. Thank God I will never do that to you again. I promise. Even if you want to wake up that early, I will not do that to you. <laughs> it won't be for you. <laughs> okay. So let's get started with just like a little bit of get to know you. And so a question that I have is, you know, what is your... How did you end up in the K-drama fandom overall? Like, what brought you here? Um, I was living in Chicago about four years ago and uh, was on Tumblr a lot mm. in those days. I guess it's more like five years ago. I was on Tumblr a lot, like circa 2017 um, uh, for other fandoms uh, and... I kept seeing like these gifts of uh, like a girl with a beautiful long red scarf, like standing with flowers in her hand uh, in front of uh, the ocean. And I was like, what is this? This is kind of like blowing up my Tumblr algorithm right now. Um, and it was Goblin. And so I figured out how to watch it and I just kind of tore through it. And so that first one that I ever watched was Goblin. And I know you guys talk about how, like, when you first watch a K-drama for the first time, you don't know, like, what the rules of the genre are. And so I was like, there's a bromance that's genius. Or I was like, there's, um, we're, like, doing a reincarnation thing in, like, act two. Like, that's genius. Um, and it was just so fun to watch. And I kind of, didn't do any research on if if K-dramas were like a thing, mm -hmm. I guess, in my head. I was like, well, probably nothing like this exists. And nothing like Goblin exists. But I really didn't do like the next step of, well, maybe there's like a whole world behind this. 
Uh, so then it really took up until about 2019 uh, for me to like get with the program that there's actually like a ton of K-dramas out there. And if I liked that one, there might be a whole bunch of things that I really like. And that's when I just started kind of really losing it and going down the K-drama rabbit hole. And the pandemic only like gave me more time to do that. <laughs> So, okay. So first with Goblin, like, where do you feel like this is just kind of like an off the hook question, but where do you feel like that lines up for you now having, you know, gotten some time under your belt? It's still my favorite one. And I know some of that is because of the experience that I had. Like I I have this whole K-drama spreadsheet. Um, It's linked in my Instagram if anyone wants to look at it. But I've got like over 70 K-dramas on it and I'll go over it sometimes and I'll kind of like reevaluate like, is this still in this spot or is it because of the experience that I had um, Mm -hmm. watching it? Like there's this, oh, what is it? Oh my God, it's like a K-pop K-drama. It was like 12 episodes. They sang the like Tea Party song. No, the only one that popped in my head that was 12 episodes that was K-pop was Duna, but that's not it. No, not Duna. Oh my, see, and I can't even remember the name of it, but if I go to my K-drama sheet, it's probably like 15 out of 70 Okay, because of like life was such chaos then that this kind of dumb K-drama was like the love of my life at the time. <laughs> Now I need to know. So, okay, yeah. Email me afterwards. I'll put it in the show notes. I'm curious about the Tea Party song. Oh, my God. I'm going to just look it up. Imitation. Oh, okay. I have not seen that. Imitation. It's on Netflix. Yeah, it's like a, a girl in her K-pop group are trying to break in, and she has romantic tension with uh, another K-pop boy. Okay. And also the music's really good. But, like, I couldn't even tell you the name of it. Anyway, all that to say, Goblin is still my number one. Um, Because I think it is really great and it holds up. Also, there was – I've never had an experience, like, watching that for the first time. Okay. So I have another follow-up question. But I also have – I have an advantage because I've already interviewed you. So I know a little more about you. So, okay, before I get to my question, I invite you to – why don't you share a little bit about um, what you do? Because that was really fun to learn about. And yeah. So I am. An, oh, yeah. Oh, no, go ahead. So I'm an. Okay. So I'm an actor and a comedian. Um, I live in Los Angeles. Uh, I write a lot of my stuff. I'm also like auditioning a lot for TV and commercials. Um, I've made some of my own films. And so, yes, this is what it was last time. Um Something that I really found fascinating about K-dramas was kind of watching it from an actor's perspective. Because I think if you've watched Western shows, you've probably noticed like the slight difference in style. Mm -hmm. Um, Not just in how like the shows are, not just how K-dramas are shot, but honestly, like the range that an actor goes through like the world that they are allowed to inhabit seems much broader like the the humor is broader the pain is deeper um and it's it was really interesting for me to start watching these shows and be reminded that 
good acting is good acting. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter what the genre is. Like it doesn't matter if it's a K-drama or a Shakespeare show or a Broadway musical or like a, a mumblecore indie film. Like if it's connected to something true, it is good acting. And so it's just, I, I love watching K-drama and kind of being reminded that like there's really no rules on what makes good acting good acting. It can be big, it can be tiny, um, but if it's connected to something, then it's good. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's great. And this is actually the perfect setup that you've just like teed up for the follow-up question I had <laughs> for you, which was, okay, before we move on to the next things, if Goblin's your favorite and you're an actor by work, what, if you could pick any role within that drama, what would you pick to play? Oh, that's so hard. Any role in it? Yeah. Okay, so there's the role I want to play, and there's the role I know I get cast in. In, in LA, you have to like deal with this okay. all the time, I right? Love it's this. Like, in my heart, I'm this, but I, I present as this. So that's what makes me money. Okay. <laughs> um, I'd want to be the lead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'd want to be um, uh, in tech. Oh, I, yeah, I want to be in tech. Um, I think I would probably get cast as like one of the ghost gang. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'd be cast as, um, oh, she's like a, a character actor in so many K-dramas, but she's like in her 20s, she's got big eyes, she's super expressive, and she's one of the ghosts that like befriend. Like the spooky one that shows up all the time? Yes, yes. Okay. yes. I'd probably be cast as her. And much like that actor, that would be my breakout role. And then I would kind of play an idea of that thing throughout my whole career. Um, but I'd want to be in tech because, oh my gosh, again, she gets to do so much. Like she gets to do broad comedy, the freaking, I mean, you guys talk about it a lot on the show, but the scene when uh, Kim Shin like <laughs> floats into a million pieces yeah. It's just like I listen to that song and I cry, right? Like what an opportunity to act out scenes like that too. Um, yeah, so that's what I would want to play. All right. Well, thank you. That was a very fun, quick surprise uh, detour, but I was curious. So, okay. So circling back to, you know, okay. Goblin was your first. You, you have, you do have the spreadsheet. We will link in the show notes to, you know, the various different dramas that you've seen. How did you discover the podcast? Oh gosh. Um, I was looking for recommendations. I feel like once you're in the K-drama world, there's sort of like a whisper network of like, oh, this thing gets buzz or, uh, this is one that has been recommended to me a lot or tends to pop up. And so I think I was just looking for, if not people to talk to people to talk at me about what I should be watching. Um, And so, yeah, I think I started listening maybe June, 2021. And I listened to your episode on, uh, I am not a robot. And I started watching it and I knew I could trust you guys. Um, also, like, I just appreciate that you all are writers and are interested, like I am, in talking about and figuring out what it is about K-dramas that, like, get uh, their claws in, uh, kind of like nothing else. Yeah. And this is, I think, something that's fun is that, like, yeah, I 
I appreciate you saying that because it is fun to talk about it through the writer's lens, but I love hearing about it through the actor's lens too, because, <laughs> you know, of course a script is so important, but how a char- how actors choose to bring that script to life is like the other very important part of that puzzle. And so getting to like hear some of your perspectives on that and like how folks show up and the fact that it is, there is like certain style conventions, but that doesn't mean that they, just because they're not necessarily exactly how we would see our shows produced and performed, it doesn't mean that they're less than, it just means that it's different. And in some ways there's real positives to that. Well, and I've, I can say that it has made me a better actor because watching K-dramas has given me permission to uh, like go with my impulses rather than what I think I should do Mm. because that's Western convention uh, or like that's how it's performed here. Um, When really I think what draws someone to an actor is is if they surprise you. And so K-dramas I think have given me more permission to be surprising in my work. That's great. That's cool. Okay. So no one else is here. So feel free to just answer me. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but um, which tastes, which host tastes do you tend to align with the most and why? <laughs> okay. I need to confess something because I just listen to it. I don't like watch you guys. Yeah. And so I listening to you speak, I'm realizing that for a lot of the time I've listened to the podcast, I thought you were Megan. I thought your voice was Megan speaking. Oh and gosh. so I was ready to say Megan, but I think it's you. That's very funny, especially. So yeah, <laughs> I love this because <laughs> I've never really thought about it because I only see us talking. And so I just get used to you like, that. yeah, but that's very funny. You don't know what you don't know. Not and I really think that in my head for a very long time, your voice was Megan's face. So I really thought that like I was going to answer Megan, but I think it's you. Like you can suck up to me. I'm here. I'm not going to say no to that. What's funny about Megan is that with Megan's voice, like how Megan, when I became friends with Megan, it was mostly online only. Um, So we were in like a writer chat group and we were in these like spaces where she would write, but she's like a big personality. And so when I finally met her in person, I was expecting a very tall person to be Megan and Megan is not even clearing five foot. She's not even clearing, I think five, four, 11. And so really? I was so baffled when like little, like four, ten and a half Megan comes in because she's such a big personality. That it, yeah, This is news to me too. Cause I would have put her at like five, nine. Yeah. I like just had her than... very, very tall in my head. And then when it was like this little fun size, like itty bitty, it was so hilarious. That is so funny to learn. I love that. That makes it even better. Yeah. It's, I just like how you get ideas of who people are in your head and then you're like, oh, no, no. Yep. <laughs> okay. Yep. So what would you say right now? Because obviously these this list may fluctuate for you. It may not. You may have a pretty standard list that you're always rolling out. But for today, we are kind of in the middle of January 2024. Um, what would you say your top five favorite dramas are right now? Okay. All right. We have uh, Goblin, mm-hmm. uh, The Great and Lonely Gods. So that is at the top. Tied at the top with it. And this was a very big deal. Um Tied at number one is Love Between Fairy and Devil. Ooh. 
like nothing. I hadn't felt that way since like I was 12 and discovered Harry Potter. Uh-huh. It, I mean, just incredible. Love that. Um, so those are top two. Number three, red sleeve cuff. I thought it was so beautiful. Um, just gorgeous. And then uh, Alchemy of Souls, seasons one and two. And then Business Proposal. So those are top five, but I got to put Crash Landing on you in there too. Because okay. that is a top one and I rewatch it all the time. But yeah, those are my top six. <laughs> I love it. And so you definitely like kind of like the big feels. I really do. I love... Um, I love epicness, I mm. think. I think I, I really appreciate it when a show is willing to like swing hard and they hit it, yeah. you know? Because uh, there's always shows where it's like, oh, you really went for it. Good for you. It didn't work out. But when a show like really swings for the fences and it's a home run, I think it's so um, satisfying. Yeah. And I think that I tend to like the big, the big epicness too. And I feel like I'm always chasing the, like the, when you said the fairy and devil, that was the last time I probably had like a very big hit like that. My dearest came close, but not quite. Um, oh, I'm afraid to watch my dearest. I, cause I know what's going to happen to me when I do. Like, <laughs> I won't be seen. I won't be seen for like 30 hours. Yeah, it is. It's like a 20, is it 21, 21 or 22 episodes? It's a big one. Oh, jeez. Yeah, no, but I love Between Fairy and Devil. I haven't had a high like that in a long time, and it's just so, so good. Um, What would you say, like, so, you know, obviously K-drama is, you know, you're in the fandom, you're, you're in it hard. What else have you been a super fan of, and, like, where did you go within that journey? <laughs> Where did I go within it? Yeah. Like, did you um, just kind of like dabble and enjoy? Have you never had anything that's quite taking you there? Or have you like done in, gone into like full cosplay? Like, basically, how have you fanned out in other spaces? And what has that fandom looked like for you? Yeah, um, I love Star Wars. Um, and I was definitely part of the Raylo fandom. I think yes. there's a ton of like, Usually the way that I have always interacted with fandoms since I was like 12 years old is through finding fan fiction. So through like fans who were writing, uh, cause it was always so sad for me when something that I love ended or like there was an end to the content and there's like amazing writers out there. So I'd say that's how I tend to interact with fandoms that I love is I then go and I, find really good fan fiction and Raylo, for example i think a lot of those books have gotten like a lot of them have been published yes and kind of remarketed as uh books and um that's been really cool to kind of see and if anyone has recommendations on some good k-drama fanfics i would definitely be down uh because i've had trouble finding some but i i'd, I'd love to give recommendations Look- on that I second this, so please do send. I will pass them on to Catherine and I will hog them myself. I just, I'm almost done. I've been saving it till tonight, the end of probably the wildest fanfic journey I personally had yet. We've talked about this very briefly on the pod in like, I think it may be the one that dropped last week or this last week. 
So um, it's called Manacled. Have you heard of this? Oh my God, yes. Oh, okay. I was listening to this and I was like, I should bring up Manacled. It's so dark. It's very dark, but I like the, I don't know. You're loving it? Look, I've got six chapters left and I'm going to say best book I've read in five years. That's incredible. And I believe it. So I got halfway through and I had to take a break because it was like so, so dark. Yeah. But I've been meaning to pick it up again because um, I love the Hermione Draco like pairing. Yeah, look, it, um, it's it's not happy. I have a friend who likes sunshine and rainbows pretty much exclusively. She likes big feelings and she's been reading it and she she almost got to tap. She was just like, this is too dark for me. And then she kind of just like kept going. And I'm just going to give the plug that she got to the end and was happy. Um, that she did it's, it, but she, she yeah. had to be, she really needed to be in the flash. So for what I'm talking about, this is a Harry Potter meets, so the, meets the handmaid's Tale, <laughs> And <laughs> imagine like Voldemort has won the war. Everyone's dead. This is the setup. I'm not like spoiling this. This is like the yeah. opening like chapter. And Hermione God. is assigned as a handmaiden with everything that entails to Draco Malfoy. I thought that the way that they, and again, I've only read half of it, but the way they wrote Draco and how you really aren't sure of his intentions, but there's like something going on. As a reader, you can tell there's something going on that you don't know because Mm -hmm. Hermione doesn't know it. It's like a masterfully written story. I mean, I can't wait to see what this author does. I mean... I'm a fan. I'm going to read anything she ever puts out. I looked her up. She's got an agent now. Like, I'm ready to, like, let's go. I would say that, like, if you enjoy, like, Love Between Fairy and Devil doesn't go even remotely as dark as this does. But I would say that, like, if Moon Supreme, if they really just kind of marinated in his pain and suffering and he had no (laughs) friends. (laughs) Yeah. Not one friend. Not one little dragon buddy. Not one friend, not his bud, not his guard. Yeah, no, nobody. Zero, zero friends, all the power, and very dark. <laughs> oh my god! So yeah, it just—I don't know. It worked for me though, and it's not it's so going good. to work for anyone, everyone. And I really do suggest you look at trigger warnings. The caveat being, because I'm not like a monster, <laughs> is like there's intentionality behind some of the trigger warnings, but I'm not, I, you need to look at trigger warnings before you jump in and decide if it's for you. Cause it is not for everyone. And I think knowing there's intentionality behind some of the triggers, like that's good to know. It may, knowing that made reading it a bit easier for me. Yes. It's hard. It is no, not, it's but hard. it's not meant to be gratuitous or like, it's not being like, it's not salacious, if that makes sense. Not that, okay. <laughs> but it becomes very difficult when you're talking about things like sexual assault and like splitting hairs. So there's real life and then there's discussing fiction life. In real life, we're not splitting hairs. There's just the hair. In fiction, I think yeah. there is some space to split a few hairs just very carefully. And that's not what this is about right now. <laughs> no, I really like that you guys have conversations about that, though, like that, um, maybe what you enjoy in fiction doesn't have to reflect like your values in life. Um, and, and I think that that's an important thing to talk about. And I've always really appreciated when you guys go deep on that. Yeah. I feel like I've gotten very evangelical about it over time and it's been a journey for me too. I will say that, and I still have some like hard nose, 
But I would say that I have softened and in some ways like 180 my stances over the years. And I, I credit it to other authors who are much smarter than me talking about it. And a lot of it just comes down to like trusting. I don't want to always just exclusively say women, but like trusting readers, but mostly like women or potentially like non-binary folks to say that they're going to absorb information and they're going to be, they're going to, they can be trusted with content to be like, just because you may like this or find it interesting or fascinating or provocative, we trust that you're not going to like then draw that correlation directly back into real life. The same as if you're exactly. looking at a lot of entertainment, like horror, like there's a lot of things that people like probe into because they're looking for that psychological experience, not because they want to like be a human centipede. <laughs> exactly. That's such a good one. <laughs> Yeah. Fact in fact in uh, fiction, like most of us can differentiate and being trusted to be able to do that is, um, for like baseline yes. for me. Like can't you trust me to the difference? All right. So you've done this once before, but let's see if we can surprise you. We have a few rapid fire questions that we all came up with okay. for you. So Lucky's. this is just you're gonna go with your gut. Okay. Mm-hmm. So binge or watch live? Binge. Okay. Rom com binge. I... Oh no, go ahead. Explain your binge. Oh no, just I I love um, fully diving into something and like making it my whole personality for a week. Me too. Me too. I have to admit. Okay. So rom-com or angsty love story? So generally speaking, rom-com. However, if, I mean, if you look at my top five, like those are all angsty love stories for the most part. Um, But generally speaking, what I'm drawn to is rom-com. Okay. Final answer? (laughs) Yeah. Final answer. Okay. Would you rather your true love crawls 24 hours through a tunnel to get you or waits for you to be reincarnated in your next life? Oh, man. Reincarnated in a next life. Okay. Very goblin-esque. So, Seguk or a modern drama? Modern drama. Modern drama, hopefully with some, like, fantasy elements. Mm, That's a good one. Okay, do you like your love stories to come with some second lead syndrome or do you like the OTP or one true pairing? I love OTPs and I love how comforting it is. Yes, okay. I love a really interesting second lead though and um, that was one of my favorite things about the red sleeve cuff actually was like how complex the second male lead was. I thought that actor did an incredible job but for the most part... I, I don't want my OTP to feel threatened. I want to I want to feel really comfortable that they're it. Okay. I, and that's, so I'm actually planning on watching the Red Sleeve, if not the next drama, because I've got to start a drama. I'm in the market. Like I'm going to start one tonight. And Red Sleeve is one of the ones I'm considering diving into. So we'll see. It's so beautiful. I really highly recommend okay. you do it. All right. So what is a K-drama question? No one has asked you, but they really, really should. No one has asked me to be in a (laughs) K-drama. And they really, really should. And I'll literally be like the bit, I'll be like the white American businesswoman who's just like, it's a deal. (laughs) I mean, how do you, I mean, truly, how do you find those roles? Like you, I I want this for you. You want to know something crazy? This is not like, 
So I recently signed with a new manager and I was looking at his clients and one of them is like an actor in Korea who we have seen on um, like K-dramas. Okay. So have you been like, have you floated that little boat or are you waiting? (laughs) I told my manager, I was like, I saw you rep this guy. I don't know how involved you are with that, but like, I just want you to know that I'm really into them. If he has anything like airs where he's going to come to the States and have to do a beach scene, you're going to be there huffing red bean powder. I'll be there. I'll be like my angel. <laughs> it's so bad. Oh my gosh. It's a deal. <laughs> it's a whole, it's, it's really impressive how terrible that actor is. And I'm so sorry. Um, I think also like Squid Game had some pretty amazingly horrible English actors too. I feel like it wasn't their fault, but we can we can go into that um offline. Okay. But I'm happy to yeah. let me okay, the last one, and I don't want to throw this person under the bus, but I am going to a little bit, but I'm also gonna give it a caveat of this is so like, this is one of my favorite actors of all time. And that is Richard Armitage. Like I love him. Like <gasps> North and South. North and South. Yes. And he's like, look back at me. Like that is like <laughs> that's my everything. He was the villain in the movie Space Sweepers. Okay. Not good. Like, I was like, what? (laughs) Like, why, though? That's the thing. I mean, I will say that, like, so much is out of your control as an actor. And especially if you're, like, not number one on the call sheet. Okay. And, you know, like, in a perfect world, you have... A lot of like artistic um, like space to kind of play and do it your way. But sometimes also like the edit is mean to you. Sometimes like they just needed to cut away from something. And so they cut to your face doing something that doesn't make any sense. Okay. And it's so unfair, but it is kind of how it goes. No, this is but, very generous yeah. and very good because like even though I don't like this was just kind of like a meh movie for me like Kim Tae-ri was pretty good in it um Song Joong-ki who I can kind of slightly take or leave him like I know he is very popular but I'm kind of like a little bit indifferent but Kim Tae-ri I love but Richard Armitage was like the villain in it and truly like someone did him dirty because there's just like it took me almost the whole movie to place who he was first of all and then I was like what the fuck like how is it it was just it was not good. Do you think some of it, I'm really, because I don't actually know, but I do, I feel like maybe it has to do with like speaking in English in a way that translates well, because it's going to, when it, when it shows in Korea, it's going to be mm-hmm. subtitled. And so I think that could be part of why like the English seems so stilted, even from English speakers, because it, it's like what's gonna make sense to um, an ear that it's not like not a Western ear. Like we're not, they're not making it for us. You know, does that make sense? Yeah, like no, I wonder if it does. It does. And they also kind of like blonded him and gave him like a little beard. I was just very thrown by it. And you're being really generous. I was probably watching it yes. in a way that like you know when people will be like that movie just was written dumb. And I'll be like, look, it's a lot more is going on to it than this. Like what is um oh 
I've been hearing a little bit of like pushback about um, the story of the park marriage contract, which is a time travel, but like the heroine comes into the present essentially. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I got to like episode nine and then I was going to binge the rest. I enjoyed it. Do they have, Oh no, I've just, is, is I've just had people like kind of be like, look, I just don't feel like, I feel like she like adapts too quickly, blah, blah, blah. And yes. And I'm writing a time travel right now where I have a hero go back to like 1812, like a present day hero go back to 1812. And it, I was also like, look in writing it, you could just make the whole book, the guy being like, what the fuck the whole time. But then you don't really have like a very interesting book of like, because in real life, that would be it. But you have to kind of like get on with it. (laughs) That is so true. Like at some point, we just have to get on board with that this person is super capable and apparently meant to like adapt to time travel quite well. Yes. And so I'm like, yeah. And so like, it got me a little sensitive because I'm like, look, I could spend the entire book with him being like, I don't understand in every situation being like, why is it like this? But I'm like, it's going to bog down the story. So of course, at some point you have to be like, eh, I guess this is just like what I do now and like move on with life. It learns really quickly. Yes. Highly adaptable. So yep. yeah. So I feel like in some ways that's, again, that may be my Rip Richard Armour. Thank you for helping me giving me some therapy and closure on that. You're welcome. <laughs> um, have you ever convinced a friend or relative who's never watched a drama to give it a go? And if yes, what was the outcome? Yes, I um, actually have done some performances about K-dramas. Um, I like to hop on comedy shows. And uh, so I have one that I do about Crash Landing on You where I show everybody a uh, like fan-made video and kind of talk them through as like, this is a great uh, first K-drama for you to watch. Like it's a gateway K-drama. I think Crash Landing is a great gateway K-drama. And it went really well. And I heard that some people in the audience started watching Crash Landing on you. That's amazing. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And are any of like the comedies that you do, like can we find them on you know, YouTube or anywhere else online, if anyone wanted to check out some of your work? Yeah. Um, if you go to Catherine, da- I was like, what's my name? Um, if you go to Catherine-born.com, um, you can kind of see all my work there or on Instagram, Catherine Born Taylor. Uh, also, if you're in the Southern California area at the end of February, beginning of March, I'm doing my one woman show that I took to Edinburgh Fringe um, at the Yard Theater, Grown Up Orphan Annie. So come through and see that if you want to. That would be so cool. So in a very quick nutshell, what is the premise of Grown Up Orphan Annie? Because I only know the scary poem my grandma used to recite to me when I was little that gave me nightmares. Oh my gosh. Wow. That's like deep Annie lore, actually. (laughs) Um, So Grown Up Orphan Annie is an absurd dark comedy about America's favorite orphan, Annie. She's all grown up now and she is going to become famous again and find a new sidekick. All right. That's fun. And so you carry the whole show yourself. I do. Yeah. It's Annie putting on a show to like get a new sidekick that night. (laughs) Oh, that's so cute. So you're going to be doing that in February in LA. Yes. Yeah. And I did it. um, I did it all through the month of August in Edinburgh. So this will kind of be like a full circle, bringing it back to the States thing. Great. Well, we will also throw that into the show notes so folks can check it out. And 
if they want to travel to LA or live in Southern California, come see you and support you. Yeah, come. Yay. So one question left. So this is how has being a part of the Afternoon of Delight Patreon enriched? I think Megan wrote this because she put we hope in parentheses um, your K-drama communal experience. So I guess kind of beyond just kind of asking you to be like, who's your favorite out of the house? Like how has it been being in like the Patreon overall being in kind of community with other folks who are into the same things? Yeah. I think that when you find something that you freaking love, um, if you're like, if you're like me, I want to just talk about it all the time. And I will like go off and realize that I've been talking to my friend for 30 minutes and they have no clue what I'm saying. And so um, a way I've coped with that as an adult is finding like-minded people. (laughs) And I think the Patreon is so good at that. And similar to what I said, like when I was first starting out um, with K-dramas, you really just kind of want direction. Like you want to be part of the conversation so that your time is well spent. And so on top of just like getting to the joy of getting to talk about something you love with people who get it. um, I also love getting recommendations and, um, and hearing from people why they're loving what they're loving. I love that. There was so much love in that, what they're loving. And then I'm like, I love it. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Um, Well, look, I really have enjoyed talking to you. It's always a big pleasure. I'm really excited to, um, to cheer you on with, you know, the work that you're doing for, um, you know, within your own art and your own creativity. I just pulled up your website so I could just make a note of it so we can put it on, um, on the show notes and your stage, like all your photos are so, are so funny and good from Grown Up Orphan Annie. You have a really expressive face. And so Thank you. you would make a really good ghost, <laughs> even though I see there's reading material. Yeah, you're good. I know my casting. <laughs> I think it's that you've got very expressive eyes. And so I can see how you chose like that ghost because her whole thing was in her eyes. It's all the face. Yeah, it's all her face. Yeah, <laughs> totally. That's cr- yeah, that's cool. So yeah, everyone go and also everyone should go and follow Catherine's Instagram account and check out their list of shows and see, you know, where they light up. Do you put them in order or are you recording them? Just like, you know, like do you rank uh, them and work on like seven? Like that seems like a lot. I rank them. Yeah. Ooh. It's a working list. So I rank them and then it's ordered by um, top to bottom. Okay. Yeah. I love a spreadsheet. <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, cool. Well, thank you again for hanging out and talking and uh, hopefully we'll be chatting more on Patreon and that you'll now know that I'm not Megan. <laughs> oh my God. I know. I'm so oh, no, sorry. I'm really sorry at all. I think it's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. When you just hear voices, you you like assign a face to it and it's so different. Yes, absolutely. And it is weird, I think, to like think about... Yeah, that people listen and then they like decide. That, yeah, it's it's funny. It goes both ways. That's why we wanted to do the Patreon conversations because there's a lot of curiosity of like who is listening. And it's turned out that the folks that are into K-drama are genuinely really super cool. And so it's been so fun to get to like reach out and hear more about all of you. Doesn't surprise me. And and if people are listening to this and they want someone to talk about K-dramas with, uh, like, please, please 
DM me or something because I love talking about it uh, on Patreon and like in life. Awesome. Yes, please do. All right. So we're going to wrap it up there. And if you would like, you can leave with, um, you know, our typical closeout, which is the Anyang. So if you'd like to do it with me. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you, everyone. And Anyang. Anyang. Thank you for listening to Afternoon and Delight. Where can you find us outside the pod? Head on over to afternoonandelight.com. That's A F T E R N O O N A D E L I G H T.com. You'll find links to all our social media, our book recs, K pop and K skincare recs, and if you want even more Afternoon and Delight, because really who doesn't, you can join our Patreon where you can choose the patron level that's right for you. Join in daily K-drama conversations, listen to bonus podcast episodes just for patrons, and participate in our monthly live K-drama support group via Zoom. We can't wait for you to be a part of the community. Until next time, annyeong!